One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The TalkSport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent a Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday everyone. Yeah, happy Tuesday. And welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily Podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. Now, if anyone um, knows of any online sort of haircut YouTube videos, let me know because it's just getting a joke now. I'm starting to look like Hugh Grant when he was dating Liz Hurley. I mean, you might say, well, it's not a bad look he was dating Liz Hurley. But what I mean is I look like a character from the 90s. It's not a good look. Anyway, what is good is today's podcast. Loads of Tyson Fury in this one. So stick around for that. But first, we start with a couple of clips to do with Liverpool's furlough situation. The first one is from Jim White Show, and then the following clip is Danny Murphy reacting to the news that they reversed the decision on drive. Michael, Liverpool fan, are you ashamed of this this morning? Oh, Jim, I'm, I'm mortified by it. As Danny will well know, you've got people from our club there, and uh, God rest his soul, the likes of Ronnie Moran. Imagine what Ronnie Moran would oh. be thinking for, for the likes of this, mate. Imagine what, they, what they're thinking. We're going cap and answer with governments. We're, meant to, we're a socialist city with, with our values, however, however they are. That, that it, it might be different to other locations around, around the country, but we should be looking after our own 100%. The gap between our owners and the club. They were doing some, some really good things lately. And it pains me to say, but but in in another way, it doesn't. Everton are miles ahead of us, mate, aren't they, in the community? Yeah. And, and getting things right, the miles ahead of us. And Bill Kenwright, for all his flaws, as a person and for somebody in the community, he gets, he gets what Everton are about more than our owners. And I thought over the last couple of years, especially with the introduction of Klopp and the way Klopp holds himself, fair enough, the start, the, the making the right signs, and with the, the thing with the ticket prices a couple of years ago and mm. the walkouts and things like that, mm. I think they realised, listen, this is a little bit different, this, from, from Major League Baseball or whatever. If you do something to upset them fans, they, they're going to let you know. And I think looking off my, my Twitter feed and um, Facebook and speaking to pals on, the, on WhatsApp groups and that, everybody is disgusted by it. And there's people trying to defend it, saying, oh, well, that's what it's for. But that's not, that's it's not, not what it's for. It's not what it's for. It's not for that. Does, does it sour your relationship with the owners, Michael? Yeah, to be honest, it has. It has because I'm thinking to myself, yeah, they've done some good work. I'm thinking they get it. But the more I think about it, I'm like, well, they tried to put them, the ticket prices up, the way they handle stuff around um, ticket allocations for cup finals and things like that and schemes. That That's all by the by. But when this is coming to people's livelihoods and, and things like that, it's really, really got to me. And a lot of the fans around are saying the same thing. I just hope that they've done it before, but I just don't see them doing it again. I don't see them doing a U-turn on this because you know at the end of the day, it's a bit, it's just a business. It's a business to them. Staying with Danny Murphy, he had his say on Liverpool reversing their decision to furlough non-playing staff on last night's Drive Time show with Adrian and Goffey. 
Good evening, I'm Toby Gillis. We're going to start with some big breaking news coming out of Liverpool in the last few minutes. They have released a statement to confirm they are reversing their decision to take part in the government's coronavirus job retention scheme. Greed is rife in football and looking after number one is always everybody's at the forefront of everybody's mind. And if you can get somebody else to pay people... I mean, look, I, I think you're spot on with this decision was made from afar. And why is somebody not in a position on, in, in the hierarchy of Liverpool Football Club who, who knows the club inside out and can and advise these people better? Because it was always going to, it was always going to get this reaction. You make mistakes, don't you, individually in life and business. I mean, you'd think they'd learn, to be honest, from the ticket pricing. You know, a while ago when they they had to demonstrate and walk and, and walk out regarding the inflated ticket prices, and they backed down on that. They, they've got to start learning from the mistakes. This was always going to be a massive backlash from the Liverpool supporters. Now, I promised you at the top of the podcast, Tyson Fury would appear at some stage. Well, that stage is now. The lineal WBC and ring heavyweight champion of the world. Although it's a bit lame, that last one, isn't it? Ring heavyweight. What does that even mean? I mean, I know what it means, but no one classes himself as the ring heavyweight, do they? But anyway, Tyson Fury does, and who's going to argue with him? He joined Laura Woods, Ali McCoyst and Jake Wood, talking about Deontay Wilder. To be honest, I was quite disappointed in the challenge that Wilder brung because mm. I did train for 12 rounds at any pace and I put myself through hell and back for 10 weeks in a training camp. Um, and I prepared for the best fighter on the planet. I prepared for the most vicious puncher on the earth that's ever been. And I was quite disappointed because it wasn't the challenge that I expected. Mm. Although it was a fantastic victory for myself and it was a great fight, but it just didn't seem that Wilder maybe wasn't himself. Maybe, maybe all the excuses he made... Some of them were true. Maybe his legs were sore from the costume. Maybe he did have the flu. Maybe he did have a broken arm or a broken, uh, broken a bone in his back or whatever. Mm. You know, I'm not sure because that wasn't the Deontay Wilder that I prepared for. That wasn't the animal that I put myself through all those hours in training for. That was like a very, 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 like I said, it would be one of my easiest fights, and it was. I believe that was one of my easiest fights, apart from the, the early knockovers that I had. Um, and on this level, you don't usually get that sort of easy victory mm. um, with heavyweight champions of the world. And the guy's been heavyweight champion of the world and made 10 title defences, knocked out every single person. And to go in there with me, who's usually a boxer, counterpuncher, master, master skilled boxer, and get absolutely destroyed in a few rounds, which is quite shocking, to be honest. And if I was him, I'd be having a look at the drawing board. Now, a big old decision on the press box with Katie Price's ex-husband. They might be getting it back on, as I said in yesterday's podcast. But anyway, Simon Jordan. He was on talking about who's been the biggest numpty over the last few days. Was it Carl Walker? We need blind date music. Was it Carl Walker? Was it Billy Joe Saunders? Or number three, the Scottish Health Minister? There is a product of, of this industry with agents constantly telling players how wonderful they are. It's a culture when you've got grown men on stadi- in stadiums cheering the names of 17-year-olds as heroes and building these kids up and allowing them to believe that everything they do is right and no one can ever criticise a footballer because if you criticise a footballer, that's not right. That brings them down. That demoralises them. That dents their confidence. It's about character. And here we are in a national pandemic and we need characters. And what have we got? 
We've got an England international footballer behaving like a moron. And we've got Jack Grealish, a potential international footballer, one of the biggest transfers that may happen this summer if the transfer market actually does start. Exactly. Doing the same thing. We've got the world middleweight champion, Billy Joe Saunders, being absurd. We've got James McLean parading around in a balaclava. These, to some extent, are the byproduct of the football industry being allowed to do what it wants, when it wants, with no consequences. And I would take you see where you, Danny. Danny, I would slightly take you yeah. see with it, on which was the greatest level of numptiness, though. I do, <laughs> I do think, I do think that the Scottish medical officer was the biggest level of numptiness. Oh, I, I, I agree. I agreed, Sean. Sure. Time now to hear from Paul and Andy. Now, of course, uh, last week, uh, for some strange reason, Andy Jacobs decided to impersonate Darth Vader for the entire three hours. Some people say that there was a problem with his line. Others in the know, like me, say he was actually doing it for a bet. Let's find out how he was sounding on yesterday's show. I was looking in the mirror. I was having a shave, and I thought the old fringe was looking a bit floppy, the hair. So I thought... Do you know what? I might do something about that. So I got the clippers out and rather delicately took a bit off the front and just took a bit off the side and a bit off the front. And I didn't think I'd done too bad a job. I'm not sure everybody else in the house thought that is a bit John Mills in Ryan's <laughs> daughter. But, of course, if you're going to take stuff off the front and a little bit of the sides, you've got to take it off the back. And I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not shaving the back of my own head. Because if I don't, I'm going to look like Joe Exotic, our mate from Tiger So I'm, so I'm, I'm going to have to get one of the family to do a little bit of shaving up the back because it's going to be a proper mullet. Otherwise, now I've cut it short. It is a bit Chrissy Waddling 1990, unfortunately. But that's the sort of mad stuff. That was close. The mad stuff you do um, in lockdown. Talking of Darth Vader sounding people, Sean Dash. No, he doesn't sound like that or Darth Vader. But anyway, Sean Dash was on and he was saying he hopes Matt Hancock was just ill-informed as footballers do lots of good. As a start point, you know, I've been I've been watched uh, Mr. Hancock deliver comments. I can only presume he was. I I hope he was he was immediately ill-informed um, because I can't talk about other businesses because there's been a lot of noise over the weekend about well, if it's footballers, why isn't it hedge fund managers? Why is it lawyers and you know big city banks or whatever? So I can only speak about the football industry because I've been in it all my life. I've seen footballers as individuals do so many good things, so many things financially. So many things just with time and care and effort and attention. But it's such a massive generalisation for, for Mr. Hancock to throw that in. I can, like, as I said, I can only hope he was ill-informed and hopefully over the weekend a little bit more balance has been brought out by many. Now we had Drew McIntyre, the new WWE world champion, the first one from the UK. Yeah, but that's not really a sport, so what's he doing on talk sport? Mm, yeah, that's a very good point, actually. But anyway, who's going to argue with Drew McIntyre, Michael's younger son. Anyway, here he is saying he was happy to take on the former Celtic striker Chris Sutton with Ali McCoist in his corner. Don't even know what to say. I just finished. Uh, got about an hour and 20 minutes ago. Wow. I'm sitting here with a belt in America, looking at it, wondering what is life right now. Won the Royal Rumble a few months ago. First ever Scott, first ever Brit. Just won and just became the first ever WWE champion from the UK and I was talking to my mate there from Scotland and he said I can't believe he did that and I said I'm about to talk to Alan McCoyst about it as well what is life <laughs> you set it up and when I get to the UK finally when everything gets back to normal and I can come back to the UK and I can parade about with a belt the last thing I want to do is have the match with Sutton you be in my corner 
And staying with McIntyre, this is him and the Gypsy King with a little bit of trash talking on The Breakfast Show. I saw what he said about me. You know, he doesn't care. Like, who wins the match? He thinks I'm going to win and he can smash me. Just let him know. All right, Fury, I've won the belt now. I've won the championship now. Now I'm paying attention to you. After I beat Sutton, then I'm coming for Fury. <laughs> so Chris Sutton first and then you, Tyson. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm over ecstatic for him because it's the first ever time in history that a British fighter yeah. has won the WWE Heavyweight Championship of the World. So congratulations to Drew. But, you know, I ain't a 45-year-old man like Brock Lesnar. I'm in the problem in my life, and like I've showed before, I can cross over to any sport and win. And if Drew McIntyre wants a piece of the Gypsy King, then he doesn't have to look very far because I'm here and I'm available. So, <laughs> Drew come to Deontay Wilder, most fearsome puncher in history heavyweight boxing. So I'll have no objections on not to smash Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Back now to the ginger fellow alongside Goffey. Yeah, I'm talking about drive time. And Don McGuinness was talking about Ricky Atten's famous fight against Floyd Mayweather. I'll never forget as well seeing Ricky, I mean, we're interviewing him the next day. He hadn't been to bed. Uh, he'd been a little bit refreshed by this point as well. And he was doing a live link uh, to the Sports Personality of the Year. He'd come third behind Calzaghe, who was first, and Lewis Hamilton, who was second. And, and Ricky, again, he was a bit marked up. And as I say, he hadn't been to bed. He, he wasn't in the, the brightest form, but he was still cracking jokes. I mean, again, because Floyd had come out with so many good comments about Ricky being the toughest man he'd fought and this, that and the other. And, and Ricky was just shaking his head and said, yeah, I bet his knuckles are hurting like hell today. <laughs> but the drunk, uh, when we're 30,000 typical Brits abroad, mm. wasn't it, that in Vegas? The drunk, uh, he jokes about it, Ricky, now. I've, I've seen him talk about this many times. But they actually drank the MGM Grand out of beer, didn't they? they yeah. They a beer. And is it true? But when he went to pay his bills, you'll know this more than me. When he went to pay his bills in <laughs> Vegas, he didn't have to pay anybody because they thanked him for bringing thirty thousand fans to Vegas and spending so much money. He got everything for free. Yeah, they reckon they didn't want him ever to leave Las Vegas. They didn't want him to allow him through customs the other side and to go home. But he'd had a couple of fights, you see, prior to the Mayweather fight in Vegas. You know, uh, Juan Harango and uh, Jose Luis Castillo, which set it up nicely for the Mayweather fight. So he brought fans over already, uh, and again. You know, that would have been fairly mind-blowing to, to the local hotels and casinos to see that many. Mayweather took it to a totally different level, of course. But, you know, he'd, he, always, he was already bringing his, you know, the thousands over. And, of course, it's incredible business. You know, the, it, basically, you know what it's like. And, and with it being that real football crowd, you could hear... Every time you went anywhere near the MGM, which is vast, you know, you could easily get lost in a place like that. Every time you set foot in it, you could hear there's only one Ricky Hatton walking in a hat in Wonderland. And, and the amount of beer that they got through yet yeah, was incredible. And <laughs> it just shows you the vastness of Vegas, though, even with 35,000 there. Just remember at the time, 150,000 people had spilled in for an enormous rodeo that week. And you didn't, you didn't see a cowboy. It was just all Hatton's crew all the time. <laughs> That's all you saw. Everywhere you went, in and around the MGM, it was all, uh, you know, lots of familiar faces from Manchester. But again, he's draw was way beyond Manchester uh, quick one uh, round 10 that left hook yep. that flattened him I know he got up from it but that left hook was something else wasn't it 
It was, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, that that was it, writing on the wall. But, you know, again, uh, a left hook. And, and you know, there was a certain irony in that. You know, Ricky loves slinging that one into the body, didn't he? But he got caught. You know, you don't hook with a hooker, as they say. But um, he didn't at that point. It was just Mayweather. And it, it, look, Mayweather's class. And people talk about Mayweather being a defensive, boring fighter. Look at that finish. You tell me mm-hmm. that's boring. I'm Jim White, and this is TalkSport Daily. Back now to Tyson Fury alongside the new breakfast show host, Laura Woods. Not alongside, I mean, they were talking on the phone. I mean, you can't be alongside anyone at the moment. You know, the two metres scenario, I mean, but you understand where I'm... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Tyson Fury was on and he was giving his advice to listeners who were struggling for motivation during uncertain times. Motivation is like you say, it's all in the mind. Um, and there's days, there's often days where I don't feel motivated. You know, a motivation's a thing I've always struggled with. And even in big fights, I, I just sometimes don't feel motivated to be there. Um, so I'm not the best person to, to really ask about being motivated. Or, you know, the one thing I, I do know is that routine um, gives me motivation. What I do is that I, I set myself routines and short-term goals, and then I try and achieve those short-term goals and, and, and keep up with that routine. And that sort of gives me motivation on a daily basis, not just from time to time. And I, I believe in um, longevity rather than a quick blast of motivated uh, days. So at the minute, I'm on, I'm on a really good roll with the um, you know, motivation and the training stuff. So, yeah, I, I train every day. And, you know, like I say, I don't set massive goals because they're unrealistic in your mind. And, you know, when you're at the bottom of it all and you're looking up, mm. it may look like a mountain that you have to climb. So I set little, little small goals, whether it's to lose a couple of pounds or to do a certain run or whatever it is. That, that would be my short-term goal in five. Well, of course, last but by no means least, is the best bits from my show, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm. I don't know what Tom's going to put in. It was such a busy show. We had uh, Declan Rice was on. We had former champion of the world, Neil Robertson. We got the midnight train. We had great callers. I mean, how are you going to cram all that into this? Well, as anyone will find out, really. Do you do the Joe Wicks workout at nine o'clock every morning, Deck? I can see you in front of the telly doing that. <laughs> no, my mum does that actually. Um, does but she? I don't do that. We, yeah, she's she's loving it. She's loving it. Um, but no, I don't do that one. We've been sent for our own programs from our uh, right. from our fitness guys, and we've got to report back to them. We use a little app called Map My Run. The right, basic, yeah. they're tracking us. So every day you do it, you have to set it, and then when you're done, you finish it. You have to send it over, so there's no cheating involved. Right. Oh, hold on, hold on. You say that, you could stick it on your dog. That's oh, you, all I'm saying. Stick it on your mum. Your mum could grab it. Hold on, Declan's really dropping off the pace here. When that happens, or, <laughs> or gathering pace, you never know. <laughs> Imagine that, his mum moves quicker. Than God, Declan's, Declan looks fit. <laughs> Mrs. Rice gets a call up to the England squad. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that's it for another podcast. You think, good work, everyone. Well done. I enjoyed that. Asa. All right. Asa. That's all I'm saying. If you don't know. Asa. A-S-A. Asa. So uh, if you do want to download some more podcasts in the future or even previous one, Asa. Stick it up your ass. No, you can't say that. Uh, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a good day. Try and have a good day. Keep your distance. Wash your hands. You know what to do. Don't be silly. Don't be stupid. Don't take advantage. And we'll get through it together, gang. Oh, yes, we will. I am back tonight from 10pm for another sports bar alongside that fella 
whose head sometimes just masks out the sun for me. Yep, Jason Cundy. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is... AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.